I'm Nicola Kelly, and this is Silenced, a podcast from human rights organisation Article 19. In each episode of this series, we'll hear the stories of journalists and activists around the world whose governments attempt to rein them in and cover up the truth. On the 15th of August 2021, Afghan journalist Zahra Joya was at her office, planning the day's news coverage for her media organisation, Rukshana. It had started like any other day, speaking to the network of female reporters she manages across the country, but it was, very quickly, all set to change. Within hours, the Taliban's white flags lined the streets and women were forced back inside their homes. What Zahra and her team at Rukshana had struggled so hard against was, she felt, about to become a bigger fight. Rukshana, the first female-led media outlet in Afghanistan, is openly critical of the Taliban, recording attacks on women in public life, and now it was in the firing line. Here, Zahra describes the day the Taliban took over, being airlifted to safety, and what it's like leading a remote team of women journalists while living in exile. I want to tell about the stories of Kabul's fall. And the 15th of August last year, at the morning I was in my office, when I saw my colleagues at around 11 a.m., they're just trying to flee from the city to their house. And when I asked them, what's wrong with you and what's uh, happening now with you? And they say the Taliban are coming and they are in, in the corner of the city. Afghanistan has new masters. 20 years after their first experiment in power came to a shattering end, the Taliban are back hours after arriving in Kabul, sitting at the president's desk. So we are, my colleagues, we left our office and I was with car and uh, when I arrived at home and uh, saw my sisters, my father, my mother, and they they just cried and they said the Taliban came and uh, our life is destroyed again. After that, I heard from the radio that the Ashraf Ghani president of Afghanistan began the day vowing to negotiate an orderly transfer of power, but he didn't stick around to do it. He fled the country and uh, all of the leaders of the Taliban, they entered the presidential place. And uh, yeah, for this day, during the night, we couldn't uh, sleep. And uh, after that, uh, all of the women, they are staying at home and I can't go to my office again. For three days, I was all the time at home and one day, uh, because I, on that time, I worked with the Guardian for a project and I decided to go outside to see the street, how is the, the situation. My parents, they, they didn't allow me to go outside because they said it's um, the dangerous time for you. And I promised them I will go by taxi and I will come back with taxi as well. 
and Kabul it's a very cultural uh, place and there I saw a few women women and girls they just uh, covered their um, face they wear a very long dress so the next day I do the same and I went to the bazaar and uh, I on that time unfortunately I I didn't uh, have um, the long dress or burqa as well and uh, when I was in the street I interviewed with some of the women and on there uh, I saw that the f- a few women that they just walking very quick and they just changed their clothes and with the few women uh, they had a male guide because of the Taliban asked the women cannot go outside without men and uh, it was so crazy time and I, and I wrote about uh, this situation or an article for the Guardian and it published the women in Kabul streets, they disappearing from this uh, public life. And uh, one day, uh, it was so very, you know, funny as well. When I did the interview, I went to go to home. And uh, in front of the one police station, when I saw the ranger car, I, I didn't think about this, the, the Taliban or in, in the site and in the city. And... Uh, Suddenly, I saw the their flag, and oh my God! Uh, I told to myself, "Oh my God, what's happened? Taliban are here, and it is their flag." Because I I couldn't believe that that so quickly the Taliban came and in the city and they took power in Afghanistan. It upset me, and I I I start crying, and I I say to myself. It is now that we lost everything, and uh, you should believe it that the Taliban are here, uh, and unfortunately, we can't do anything more. All over this city, women are in hiding concealed behind dark windows and walls. They'd worked for government, aid agencies, the security sector. The Taliban says they can carry on, all the while sending goons to threaten them if they do. From 15 of August up to 24 of August, I was at home. And after that, um, I received an email from the British embassy in Kabul. Two o'clock of afternoon, we left the house and we said goodbye to my family, my parents. And uh, we went to my, uh, Kabul airport. There was a lot of people and uh, there was a lot of crowd around the airport. And I managed to get out from Afghanistan with my three sisters and one of my brother and one of my niece. When I was a child, the Taliban uh, were in power and uh, the women and the girls, they, they didn't allow to go to school. And uh, my sister and one of my aunt on that time, they were 
uh, I think the youngest in our family and they didn't allow to go to school or studying and they they all the time they are working at home. When I saw them and uh, because my my grandfather he was a, a good man and and he teach them and the, on that time uh, I decided to go to school uh, with my uncles. We were very friend together and uh, one of my uncle. Um, he said to me, you should go with us uh, to school. And uh, my mom told him, Zahra, she's a girl and it's not allowed for her. And uh, I decided to go with my uncle and uh, we decided to change my clothes as a boy. And uh, after that, I was uh, allowed to go to school. And uh, my mom uh, said, no, it's impossible because you are a girl and it's not your right to study or learn something. And uh, I and my uncle, we decided very <laughs> strong and say we said uh, it is not uh, impossible. We, we will make it possible. And uh, my mom, uh, she accepted and uh, she support me and she made a boy clothes for me and uh, I and my uncle we we went to school together for uh, almost I think I was uh, eight years old and I, I, I went for a long time when I was uh, 13 years old uh, after that I changed my clothes as a girl uh, yes, it was a very good period in my life. At that time, I was able to go to school and studying and learning and uh, got good education. I was all the time with um, boys and, and in our village because I didn't accept to be uh, a girl and should be stay at home. And all the time I was with boys and I played with them football. And so our school was very far for almost two hours. Uh, we had to go to school and after that two hours back, go home. And uh, it was a long journey, but it was a beautiful journey in my life. I worked as a um, journalist uh, for a local uh, news agency. I started actually my job with this um, news agency. And after that, I continued my job as an investigative journalist with a famous newspaper in Kabul. I remember that one day I, uh, at 6 a.m. at the morning time, I went for an interview with a um, an official government employers. And uh, when I was uh, at his house, we talked about a lot of the corruption in, in, inside of the government of Afghanistan. And uh, I collected a lot of documents from him and uh, he helped me to, we, we published this report. Uh, it was in, in corruption. And uh, when I... Uh, 
get out from his house. Uh, I was walked with to my office and I received an anonymous call. And uh, when I answered the call, there was um, the other side of the telephone was uh, um, a very arguable man, and uh, he asked me, "I I saw you." You are working as an investigative journalist. And be careful, and we will find you. We will, of course, we will find you. We know, I know where you live. I, I know you are all of your details. And um, I say to him, uh, yes, I'm a journalist, I'm working. I don't have any enemy, and uh, I don't have any problems with no person. If you have any problems, please come and I will talk with you because it's not the way, it's not the solution. And uh, after that, he ended his call and I received uh, some of the message from uh, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm sure they were the Taliban uh, soldiers. It was a scene of carnage in Afghanistan after twin explosions near Kabul airport killed at least 60 people and injured dozens more. The initial explosion took place just before dusk outside the Abbey Gate, leaving bodies strewn all over a sewage ditch. It's unclear how many were injured in the next blast at the Baron Hotel further along the airport perimeter. After that, I saw a lot of explosion and uh, attack in Kabul, unfortunately, in, in different sites. And one day, just a few minutes when I arrived at the place, one bomb uh, exploded and uh, I was very, very near to the uh, attack. And uh, my mom told me that you, you should be careful because uh, it is very dangerous and uh, you, you should stop working as a journalist. And I didn't share the threat message that I received with my family because uh, when I started my job as a journalist, um, I worked for three years uh, in hiding because uh, on that time working as a journalist, especially female journalist, it was a big shame for uh, the families. And I, I didn't say to my parents or to my families where I am working and what is my job because they thought this is not the right work that I'm doing. I worked at, as government employees for almost six months. And I started my job as a deputy director of media and public awareness with the Kabul municipality for six months. And the during of this month, uh, I established Rukhshana Media and I worked with the Rukhshana Media the, the weekend. And uh, when I worked uh, as a journalist for different media outlets, unfortunately, most of that time I was... Uh, only women in the newsroom. And uh, I heard about gender equality a lot uh, inside of the government office and the private office. But in the real, the gender equality didn't uh, accept by the men, unfortunately. And uh, when I talked with my colleagues, why here is not a lot of uh, female journalists, they told me female journalists, they don't have um, 
good quality, they don't have good capacity and they don't have uh, good experience to work as a journalist. And uh, when I established Rukhshana, the main goal of my team was to teach the journalists, to allow them to know how we should work as a journalist. And uh, I spent my money, my personal money. And when I received my salary from the Kabul municipality, every month I sent this money to my journalist colleague and asked them, please work for us in, in Rukhshana Media and we will teach you how you should be a female journalist. And uh, on that time, I had uh, colleagues from Herat, from Ghazni, from Bamiyan, from Parwan, and we have uh, some volunteers in Kabul. I talked with a female journalist in Kandahar, and I told her it is now our platform, and we should work together, and I will pay you as well. And unfortunately... Our time was very short and the Taliban came suddenly and took power and we we didn't receive our goal. I do believe that 40 years of war in a country can really do some some damage on the on the psyche of human beings. Has you know brought about generations of very, very, very disturbed and violent men. For Rukhshana in the future, um Still, we have planned to work for female journalists. Still, we want to platform the women because uh, right now, the most of women in Afghanistan, they lost their jobs, they lost their incomes. And uh, we just want to help uh, women who has a lot of story, a lot of uh, pain, but doesn't have any platform to share with the others. And uh, Rukhshana, of course, it is a platform for Afghan women. We will work as we can, and uh, we will work with the female journalists to give them opportunity and keep them from, you know, right now, unfortunately, after the Taliban took power and um, female journalists, they are disappearing from the media landscape of Afghanistan because they are women, because of their gender. Right now, the half of population of Afghanistan, they are living in the gender regime apartheid uh, and uh, they are facing a lot of restrictions, especially forced hijab and all of the women, they lost their very basic rights. Millions of teenage girls, they can't go to school. So it is uh, good for me now to work in this crisis situation for the women in Afghanistan. Silenced is hosted by me, Nicola Kelly, and produced by Ziggurat Studio. Original music is by Julian Wharton, and sound design is by Rick Morris. Thanks to Zahra Joya for speaking to me. We're nearing the end of the series now, with just one episode before a summer break, but we're hoping we'll be back in the autumn. And you can always listen to some of the other stories we featured 
with journalists and activists around the world. Thanks for listening.